welcome back to Weebs and Weights, the podcast. Special guest once again, Chuck. Olympic bound, baby. Yeah, Olympic uh... bound, man. Let's let's go. This tour of Europe. I want to hear about it. I want to know everything. The beginning, the end. How excited you were? Did you even realize it happened when you were out there? You know. Um. So yeah. Um. To qualify for the Olympics in different sports, there's different criteria. So sometimes you'd have to win a specific tournament or you'd have to be ranked in a certain position. For track and field, you have two ways to qualify. Either hit the automatic standard, which for shot put is 21 meters 10. That's about 69 feet, two inches with a 16 pound ball or be ranked top 32 in the world. So I satisfied both um, criteria. That was like in July of 2019. And because of COVID, they count qualifications from then too they just kind of okay. froze the period i think um the freeze the the period that they froze it was from april to november 2020 and that's because different regions of the world have different opportunities to have track meets because of covid so some places covid basically didn't happen and some places everyone's locked down right so so long story short everything from 2019 counts so my automatic qualification i threw 2180 in 2019 that counts for my qualification to the olympics and i've been ranked top 10 for the past like five years anyway so um i felt pretty comfortable about qualifying um and then going to nigeria um last week of june was just kind of the final stamp and winning trials that that kind of solidified my spot on the olympic team okay all right and then from so from nigeria you went to europe right and you had a couple other comps right after that yeah, so I came so. back for like two weeks, and I, travel's been crazy. So I came <laughs> back for two weeks. I'm working out at Purdue, working out at West Lafayette High School where I coach. And um, basically, I wanted to get some training, um, you know, facil- familiar facilities, um, get back with my coach, mm-hmm. food that I'm used to. And also, I was a little bit homesick being away for like a week and a half, and I didn't miss a week of training. So I came back to the U.S., got like two weeks of training, just to get back on the plane to head to Poland and Hungary. So it, I mean, it was hard mentally and physically. I, truth be told, I didn't want to go. Right. But, um, and I, I also have a lot of obligations as far as the Olympics go too. So I was going to go to Poland and um, in what we do, 21 meters and above is kind of an elite throw. Mm-hmm. That's kind of, it, it's not really the end goal, but it's like, if you throw 21, that's like, you know, you did something decent. So I went to Poland and I threw 21-11, got third place. And these are huge meets. Like um, track meets are labeled A, B, C, or D, literally based on the rank. So okay. the level of performance, the prize money, everything, um, the the caliber of athletes there. So third at an A meet is not bad at all. And 21 meters, 11, can't complain too much. Um, got off the plane like two days prior. And then... Um, through, uh, didn't have any time to practice, had to get on a plane, head to Hungary the next day. So in Hungary, I got a couple of training sessions. They were not good. I was starting to feel the fatigue. Um, the jet lag for me kind of sets in not immediately, but like the longer I stay, okay, there's kind of a period where I go down and my body realizes something's wrong. So when I was in Hungary, that kind of started to kick in. So throwing was crap. Lifting was hard. I was just dragging. Then the meet finally happened. I think it was like five days after the Poland meet. And I had the best series of my life. 
Every throw is over 21 meters. The opening throw was 21-26. Next throw was 21-20, then 21-43, then 21-41, 21, and then I fouled the 21, and then the 21-14 uh, uh, to finish. Okay. So just a great series. That you know, 70 feet repeatedly. Mm -hmm. um, so it shows the kind of shape that I was in, and um, I was just really happy because I'm I'm kind of in charge of my own strength and conditioning right now, right. and I'm, I'm writing my own programming. So having a, a meet like that kind of lets me know that I know what I'm doing. So did that, headed back to the States for the same idea, just go back home. So I don't like the idea of doing like training camps and stuff. Yeah, I yeah, thought yeah. to be where I'm familiar. And um, so came back and now time's almost up. Uh, next week, I head out to Tokyo. Okay. So how long, how long are you, are you going to Tokyo early to kind of like get rid of that jet lag and kind of let yourself recover a little bit? Or are you kind of hoping to hit there and be like, okay, my body knows that it's happening again. And I'm just going to go and go, you know, like that, that, that's a big part of it. Um, yeah. Getting rid of the jet lag. Um, just get used to the facilities, mm -hmm. get used to just, you know, just being out in being out in Asia is totally different than being in Europe and right. definitely different from being at home. Um, last time I went was 2019 um, in Qatar. Okay. And that was just a, the climate and everything is totally different. And our bodies are so smart. We know that. Yeah. And um, to get rid of that shock, you want to be there like at least a week, week and a half before do some camps nearby or on the site if you can. So that's kind of the idea. So I'll get there on the 22nd and then okay. competitions not till the 3rd of August. Okay. Do you have, um, do you have any other like, uh, like teammates from Nigeria coming up at the same time? Who else is going for track and field stuff? Do you guys have a big track and field team going? Like, do you guys have a lot of spots or? It's, it's not a big team. Yeah. Um, we have a couple of relays. We have a women's four by one. Um, we have a mixed relay. So now they're doing two men, two women on a relay. Okay. And um, our people qualify for that. Um, one of my buddies, Chidi Okazi, is on it. Um, Cece Onyekwara is going in the women's discus. Okay. Um, she's a Big Ten alum, went to Maryland. Um, Annette Echukunwoke is going from Cincinnati. Nice. So some some of my friends from uh, the NCAA representing Nigeria, like we always get together for these track meets. So yeah, yeah. we're going to see them. It's going to be a party in Tokyo. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, so, and this is, so I have a, a buddy of mine, Jackson, he's a, um, he does like dietary work and he's working on his PhD for nutrition, sport, clinical, stuff like that. Um, he actually just moved to Bali. Um, but he is obsessed with Japan, everything Japan also. And he keeps getting the question like, why didn't you move to Japan? And for him, and he's, he's very much on like body composition, bodybuilding, kind of getting that anime physique thing. Right. And yeah. so his big thing was, I didn't go to Japan because of the diet. He's like, you, it's really hard to get like lean meat. It's really hard to get, you know, like carbs are easy because they have rice. That's super, in, that's, that's a very easy thing that very, you know, high glycemic index. It's really good for athletes, mm. especially for what we do. Like, do you have a plan oh, going yeah. into that for diet and stuff like that? Are you partnered up with anybody shipping you out frozen meals? So you're ready to go. Like what's your, you know? Well, I wish that that was the case, but, um, normally at these meets, they'll have, uh, like a food court, like a, like a dining court for everybody. And mm. the food is bland on purpose and you know you never know who's coming from where and what their preferences might be so we, we're us athletes and it doesn't matter if it's me it's usain bolt it could be simone biles we're all used to like crappy food at these huge meets yeah <laughs> so that's that's what we're gonna see insider like, look <laughs> yeah 
for, from the very top to the very bottom, we all know what it is. Um, I heard, I didn't make Rio, but I heard Rio's food was absolute trash for, really? for a while. Yeah. And then people wow. complained and they fixed it up. So okay. Tokyo, we're expecting that. And, uh, but back to like the, the quality, as far as nutrition, um, normally they, they cover all categories so that you can, you can find a lot of options. You can find some healthy food at those bigger meats. So that's one thing they're good at. Like, okay. You're not really going to enjoy the food, but it's definitely something that's uh, conducive to athletic performance. Okay. All right. So let's, let's, let's take a, a big jump back and this might be straining for, I mean, both of us at this point, I mean, myself and a bunch of people that do weightlifting stuff included like competitions going out the window with COVID. I mean, this happened with you also. I mean, the Olympics got pushed back. A lot of your comps got pushed back. Training got screwed up. I remember, I remember like we were talking, I, th- I think we called each other at one point and you were literally like doing like the full stretch out pushups on your floor because <laughs> you were just getting stuff done, you know, like how, like, yeah. what was, what was that whole transition like for you? Like, I mean, I, there's gotta be, obviously there's a bunch of challenges, right? And we could start with just training stuff if you want to, and we can get into that because obviously there's a mental side of it, all that kind of stuff. But for training and COVID and with lockdown, like how did that affect you? And what did you like kind of take for adjustments? And Yeah, well, 2020 was awful. God awful. Let me just start with that. Yeah, That's something we can all agree on. doesn't matter where you're from. Everything was wrong with 2020, the mm-hmm. worst. Um, all my plans went out the window. Um, now I will say one thing I was hurt and you know, I still am dealing with that, that same hip injury that I, okay. I referred to. I'm still dealing with it, but now I have it pretty much under control. Um, 2020 was really bad. So I think I benefited from the, um, that extra year or so to kind of figure out what I need to change as far as training and, um, you know, just my body in general. But, um, as far as, you know, plans, um, they went out the window. I was training at West Lafayette High School for the sole reason that nobody would be there. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm the coach there. So the head coach gave me a key and I would go out there by myself because, you know, that was when social distancing was huge. Um, right. Masking. You didn't know what was what. We we're all scared to death. It doesn't right. matter politically how you look. Like, we were all scared to death about it. So I was there by myself. Um, I'd set my little iPhone up on the bleachers and take throws and try to analyze them they weren't going anywhere you yeah. know like it just it was a bad situation um i i lift even till today um on Purdue campus and um campus was locked down just a couple weeks into the the big outbreak in march so what i did was i lifted at the correct for a little bit that got locked down and then my girlfriend's dad went to the school that he coaches at mm-hmm. and just asked around, got approval, and actually donated a barbell, trap bar, um, about 600 pounds worth of plates, a um, couple sets of dumbbells, and we just put that in our apartment, and I'm lifting in the second bedroom. So I'm doing floor press with 500 pounds, and she's spotting me. I mean, it was the most ghetto, um, gritty thing yeah. you know, Throwback. I've ever had to yeah. do. Yeah. You know, it, and, I don't have many videos from it because like you really don't want to post that. It's like, it, it looks so ghetto, but at yeah. the same time, it, I think it was a, a really a good bonding experience, first of all. And um, it was just character building. Cause at that point, either you quit and it's totally understandable or you keep grinding and just hope that stuff opens back up. Right. 
So did the latter. Um, but yeah, as far as competitions, I wound up going 11 months without a sim- single comp. So when I came back in January, after we were locked out for about nine weeks, because we had a little bit of an outbreak in November, I was throwing like mid twenties, you know, like I just, I wasn't used to competing, but that was the whole point. Cause you have to practice competition. That's right. weightlifting and wrestling. It doesn't matter. Like, you have to practice competing. So I jumped into that meet knowing that I wasn't expecting that much. And then got that over with. And after that, it was just, you know, almost back to normal. Right. So, but that 2020 was a hard period, no comps. Um, and then it, social media is also a form of currency. Mm-hmm. And um, at that point, because That's nothing was going on. It. That's a great way yeah, to put it. Yeah. You know, you, you get so much of a benefit from it because yeah. nothing was going on. It's like you miss that outlet. And it's like, it was almost like a dead period. Mm-hmm. And uh, you, you just... Even now, I think people, once you, you see each other nowadays, because of so much social isolation, like we get super excited. Oh, yeah. Because we were deprived for so long. So deprived from competition, deprived from the um, instant gratification of just, you know, likes and comments and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. conversation and stuff like that. So I went through it. I wouldn't say depressed, but like, because that, that's a pretty heavy word. Yeah. But I think I got pretty close to that in that, that COVID period. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, that's actually a perfect transition. Let's talk about the mental on that one. I mean, motivation. I mean, like, what was like when 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 this all happened and you heard Tokyo pushed back, maybe canceled. I mean, because that was that that was a talk at the beginning. Remember, they were like, "Listen, yeah. we don't know what's going to happen. This might never happen, and we might have to just go to the next one." You know, like what was what was that whole? Because I mean, like, even when I was out at Purdue and we met and we started talking, and I'm like, I mean, we were training in the same the same time, like, sure. I mean, just me looking over and being like, this guy doesn't need anybody in his corner. Like you have people in your corner, but you don't like you, you, you can, you never had. And I think it's, it's rare. And I've said this to some other people, like they ask, Oh, how did you do this? It's like one of the biggest things that you, as far as I know, and myself, like going to training, I've never needed the motivation for it. Like when I started maybe. Right. But when something like that happens and like, it feels like almost everything that kind of defines everything you've been doing for the past 10 years, 20 years yeah. is almost stripped from you, you know? And I don't want to sound, I mean, I'm making this sound way darker than it is, but I mean, but, but that's, like, that's the reality of it. Yeah. Like what, yeah. what was that like? Like, how did that affect you? How did you, did you turn to your girlfriend? Did you turn to your parents, like other coaches and be like, Hey, what do I need to do right now to stop myself from going down this hole? And like, you know, like what was that whole situation? Yeah, well, so, yeah, I definitely turned to my girlfriend for support. Um, she was going through a hard time also. Just um, with everything, she had to work from home and mm-hmm. just things that we weren't used to. So she was having a hard time. I was having a hard time. I was, the God's honest truth, I was going to quit. Really? I was, yes, I was absolutely going to quit. Um, and I, I reached out to other people. I reached out to Ryan Shane. I reached out to um, my buddy Coy in Ohio, just like, I ask people, you know, like if it's worth it. And normally I, I got like, Hey, you know, just stay the course, you know, things like that. I don't think a lot of people understood how close I was to quitting. Yeah. But like, I was going to be done with it just because first of all, physically I'm hurting. Um, and, and you know, this, like it hurts worse if you get no feedback, like if the ball's not going far, then it hurts worse. If the ball's mm-hmm. going far, then you're okay. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, cause we talked like you're sore seven days a week. 
yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah. But if you're getting lifts, then it's like, all right, whatever. We just on to the next one. So I wasn't getting that that feedback, that encouragement. And I even said this to myself yesterday when I was lifting, like the idea of the Olympics or whatever goal it is, sometimes it's the trials, sometimes it's national, sometimes it's um, the area championships, age group championships, like that will get you out of bed, into the shower, into the car and into a weight room, Yeah. like period. Cause I, I did two hours of driving. Uh, I, I practiced in Indianapolis, came back and then I was like, crap, do I have enough energy to lift? And then before I knew it, I was in the training room getting ice for after the lift. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> Just getting ready, yeah. Yeah, it's it's like it, it's it will drag you in there. Mm-hmm. And that that motivation, it's it's so raw. And like the people that made it, the people that didn't make it, they know that struggle for four or five years, ten years. Like, you know, it's a struggle, but it's something that constantly tugs at you. Like it pulls you along. And kind of to your point, that was missing in 2020. And it was gonna be missing, basically, it was gonna be a vacuum. So all the work you did from the last Olympic cycle or two Olympic cycles ago goes in the trash because anything can happen in the next four years. So that was going through my head, especially as a 28 year old, like Mm -hmm. if I miss this one, maybe that's kind of it. Maybe I have this cool career where I have a national record and I've thrown 70 feet and I have this African championship, world championship finals, no Olympics. And that idea just like beat me over the head repeatedly. And I, I think, besides the physical pain that I was in at the time, I think that's, that's what I had a hard time um, facing that like, that would be the one thing off my bucket list. And it was honestly one of the first things on my bucket list because my, my high school coach told me like, and he, he passed away in January, 2020, which was again, you know, part oh, I'm of so the, sorry. Uh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was pretty difficult. Um, but um, yeah, he passed away in January, 2020, but in high school when I was, I wasn't even throwing the shot put like, you know, to get a scholarship or anything. I was throwing the hammer. Right. And he's like, you're going to the Olympics. Just give me a ticket. So I was like, all right, well, let's put that on the list. I didn't believe it, but I'm just like, all right, Joe, like we'll, we'll do that. So that was one of the first things on my bucket list. And with the idea of it being canceled, I was like, you know, what now? Yeah. So that mentally, it was just the hardest thing I had to face. And um, just reading the news, because we don't get any inside information either. Like, right, right. what you know is what I know is what they know on the street. Like, we just read it off the newspapers, off the internet. So they're talking about, yeah, it's going to go on. It must go on. It must go on. Boom, it's canceled. Yeah. And it was the biggest, it wasn't even a gut punch. It was like lower than the gut punch. It yeah. was a, a straight nut shot. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Like, the worst. We were blindsided because I remember practicing all the way up to June. Mm-hmm. And the games were supposed to start in July. So they dragged that thing on as long as they could. And it's not their fault, but that's just kind of what happened to us. Yeah. Um, so mentally, it was, I think it was the hardest thing that I had to deal with as a, just as an athlete and as a person. Okay. So now how did that, so once you kind of like got that advice and you got into it and you were like, okay, you're situated again. Obviously you had the home gym, you got, you got the, you were lucky enough to be able to get some plates and get a barbell and get some stuff going and stuff like that. Able to take a step back, go back to the basics. Obviously that helped, you know, um, what positives come out of this? Like what positives did you get coming out of, I I guess the, 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 the closest thing to hell that most people have ever experienced. You know what I mean? Like what did you trudging through all this and going through and knowing this and, Coach has got this ticket. You've got that chair for him. Like all these things waiting for you. All of us waiting to see what can happen and what you're going to do. Right. And mm-hmm. 
does that 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 just light the fire back on your ass again and be like yeah maybe i don't have everything but i still got this like let's you know like what like that, what were the positives that you can pull out of that like what did you get you know that's exactly what it is um even getting started back up so when purdue finally opened up um you know i was out practicing and stuff we had some training sessions in um around september and the ball really wasn't going but i was getting through practice mm-hmm. i was getting through practice for weeks weeks months months and coming out of covid was the first time i basically did some general preparation work I, i've kind of gotten away from that in the past couple years just being a a professional and stuff. I just kind of pick up where I left off. And in track, we have a really short off season anyway. Mm-hmm. But um, with all the, the long layoff, I just, I got back to doing some body weight circuits and um, the high volume lifting and just things that, you know, I kind of took for granted as a professional. And I think that that paid dividends because I increased my muscle mass by quite a bit. Um, body composition was improved and my lifts went through the window. The only thing I can't do is deep squat, super heavy. But super heavy for me is not super heavy for other people. So, you know, 700 pounds is fine at this point. <laughs> you know what I mean? But uh, I was waiting for some, I was I was waiting for the right moment to drop something like that. Because you said the I, 600 pounds thing and I was going to say something. And you started saying the, the floor press. And I was like, I'll wait. I'll wait until something else comes up. That's yeah, so funny. I, and, and I know. I know, like, everyone has different skill sets and stuff. So sometimes I have to, like, put the disclaimer out. Like, I know that I'm different than this person. This is different than that person. But... <laughs> But, you know, but um, yeah, but that that's the only thing that um that I can't do um currently, which I don't need to because I can do some partial lifts to take the place of that. But uh, I mean, back to the main point, like I, I started doing some general stuff, sled walks, things like that, that I, they seem mundane, but they mm-hmm. build the foundation for the rest of your career or the rest of your season, at least. Um, so that was one thing. It, it kind of humbled me back and brought me back to the fundamentals. Right. And that's something I'll do every single year going forward because it's so beneficial. Um, I think just laziness is why I got away from it. So COVID kind of slapped me across the head and said, hey, you got to do the groundwork and then it'll pay off. Um, that's one thing. The other thing is just kind of corny, but like, don't give up. Because I, I could easily not be going to the games right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was as, as certain as I was that I wanted to be done with it in the summer of 2020. Um, you know, that that could have just ended my Olympic dream. And now I'm going there and, you know, hoping to do well, you know, just I'm in a good spot in the world. I'm in a good spot um, just in general, professionally, I'm in a good spot. And I could have not been here doing that, you know, if I just listened to the demons in the back of my head, like, oh, it hurts and it's not worth it. And you can't lift anywhere. And you can't this. So that's one thing I like, never give up because you never know, just like, you know, just holding on for a little bit longer might open up some some more doors for you. Right. Uh, as corny as I was, it's true. <laughs> no, I mean, it's funny because you always see like the, you know, those like the memes you see that are always like, they were this close to digging to find the diamonds and you turn around, you know what I mean? Like turn back. as corny as it is. Yeah. Right. But like living proof right, right here, living proof. You know what I mean? Like, and it's, mm-hmm. and even if it's just like that one kilo on a, a, if you're snatching 60 kilos and now you're snatching 61 you finally get it. it took you 10 years that's a fucking win right like right absolutely so it's um it's tough man so i mean so would you tell people like if to take that dedicated time to take a step back and do that gpp stuff again because i was going to say mm-hmm. i was waiting for the right moment to talk about this too but like you look leaner 
and not in a bad way. Like you look, like you said, like your body comp got better, right? And I was gonna say, mm-hmm. I was like, you don't look small. Like you look. How do I explain this without people being like, he said he's small because that's not the <laughs> issue, right? Like, you just you look definitely like how you have a better body comp, and like that's something that mm-hmm. I've been working on recently too. Is I did the exact same thing. I took a step back, and I'm doing like yeah. old school style GPP and bodybuilding. Yeah, and I'm just like, yeah. I need to take a step away sometimes. Like, you just need it, you know. There's a place for that for everybody, I think. Just yeah. general health, you know. And um, yeah, that I think COVID is what made me go back to that. Otherwise, I probably would have just continued on the same path of just doing what you need to do. Yeah. Don't, don't do what you, you know, the the groundwork. So. Right. Yeah. Okay. And obviously, it paid dividends. I mean, you saw that past your your throw 21, 21, 5, 21, 8, 21, 2, 20. I mean, yeah. like, like, you know, and that's yeah, after that's- taking how many months off you said nine months of no comps and then like getting a couple mm-hmm. under the belt and then going out like that's i mean the recovery aspect of it probably helped a little bit too right i mean sure. like volume isn't as hurtful to joints and stuff like that it's more soft tissue stuff but that's something that like Absolutely. you kind of love you know what i mean like you love that pump the the the, the soreness like you're like ah, i get this again you know so yeah 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 so and it's funny you say that because there's been a lot of actually talk and there's there's a couple of questions about this so this kind of might answer we'll get rid of some of those but sure. some people were talking about how they were you know like they feel like they've stagnated they feel like they're not getting better they feel like they've like their throws aren't getting better even though they get all this technical help from these teams and all these other things and it's like well, when was the last time that you took a step back and were able to do just the basics you know mm-hmm. and they there's a there's a lot of talk about like the more elite you are and the higher your training age and the more developed you are sometimes you need to have more specified training cycles where with a lot of these young athletes that come in at the college level i mean you see it you still help out at purdue right you get a lot of throwers mm-hmm. and stuff that come in and it's like you probably have never even looked at a barbell in your life have you and so you could do whatever the hell you want with them and they're going to get better mm-hmm. But somebody right. like yourself who has been training their ass off for so long, you need three months of X, three months of Y, three months of Z, and then peek into something, you know? Absolutely. And sometimes it takes, for some reason, a pandemic for all of us to, re- to realize that. I don't know why, but, you know. Living proof. <laughs> that's it, baby. That's it. So, Tokyo. The next couple of weeks. You already talked about you're leaving soon. Mm-hmm. What's the What's the training program? look like right now for you i mean you don't have to give away all the secrets you know you just you know, little yeah sprinkle yeah. on a little sprinkle on top what uh, you know what's uh the peak looking for like have you taken a step back are you doing a little bit of you know some volume right now just recovery are you just going right into a peaking phase like what's happening you know tell us so yeah so for right now we're getting rid of the the heavy lifting so this is going to be the last week of you know really going after it 80 percent in the weight room in the the different power lifts we're also coupling that with French contrast. So there's going to be a heavy lift at about 80% body weight uh, movement, and then a heavy resisted movement, and then an assisted movement. Mm-hmm. So just, I just kind of want to tap into that power because I've, I've got a lot of strength. Um, my mass is at a pretty good spot, but I, I still need to tap into that power, just kind of link the, the strength and the speed. And um, I think that French contrast is going to do that for me. We're going to lighten up over the next couple weeks so basically when i get to japan and then leading up to the actual prelim we'll lighten up the load um and try to recover a little bit okay. so still still lifting heavy but this is the tail end of it yeah yeah okay and what do you so frequency wise what are you looking at because i mean you were training what were you, what are you normally doing Are you doing five days a week 
Um, four days a week. Four days in okay. fall. Yeah. So, but normally, like as soon as we get out of the fall training, it's three days a week. Okay. And we we just split it different ways. So now it's a heavy day on Monday, um, and then dynamic on uh, Wednesday and Friday. Okay. Okay. And it's paying off, right? So that's good. That's yeah. Good. So goals with Tokyo. What do you what do you look into? Unless this is something that you're just like, I'm going to let it go and I'm going to just put 100% in every single thing, thing I go. And, Are you trying and, to? And that's the mindset. Um, just go go after it, you know? Yeah. Um, obviously, making the final puts me in a position to do something big, you know? So the prelim is a competition where you only get three throws. There's no final on the prelim day. So we right. go on August 3rd, three throws, and whatever they tell you you have to hit, you have to hit. So when I went to the world championships in 2019, they told us you have to throw 20 meters 90, which is a huge throw. Mm -hmm. But they're like, do it in three throws or you're out of the count. So in the second throw, I threw 2094, made the final, and then placed eighth overall. So the Olympics is going to be the same thing. I just think that mark is going to be a little bit farther. So they might even say throw 21 in three throws. You never know. Okay. So my goal is, first of all, go day by day. And um, whatever they tell us to throw, if we have to throw 21 to make the final, throw 21-01 or better. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, give myself a chance to make that final and do some damage on that on the final day. So I'm just I'm taking it one one step at a time. I don't really want to put extra pressure on myself. The Olympics right. is pressure in, in and of itself. So. Right, of course. Of course. But yeah, that, that's a big goal. Make that final. Okay. So we talked about this. You brought this up a little bit because obviously you're saying how like, they honored your qualifications or anybody's qualifications prior to COVID and stuff like that. Yep. But because they pushed it back. And I think we talked about this last time too. They, they allowed for more people to qualify, correct? Um, or so, no? so kind of. Okay. So the thing is they, they take 32 people and at the point where the COVID broke out, I think there was only like maybe 17 of us qualified. Okay. So they still had to fill the field up to 32. And um, so they're, they're still going to have that same cutoff of 32 people on the field. But um, yeah, so and and at the same time, they're not going to penalize people that qualified on time. Okay. So, you know, you can't punish us for making it, you know, like making the standard in time for 2020 and only recognize the people that make it in time for 2021. Right, right. But I think the way they did it to where the qualification period is now 18 months when you factor in everything. Mm -hmm. I think that's fair for everybody. So those of us that made it in 19, we still get the benefit and those that made it in 21 and you never know their COVID situation. They also get honored. Okay, cool. So do you have any, uh, any buddies that you kind of like know on the international level that are from like other countries that you guys kind of, you know, like jostle each other a little bit, maybe tap your shoes and get in your troubles, you know, get in your ears a little bit when you're getting to throw. Do you guys mess around with each other like you guys used to do back in you the know, day or what? Like the the thing is, I find that that happens too much. Um, really? There's a little bit. Yeah, yeah. They, nowadays, and I, I think it's because shot putters don't get a lot of attention or mm. throwers. So um, it's just like a lot of chatter, like, you know, in the tent where we're waiting and stuff. And I actually talked to some of my buddies uh, over in uh, Hungary and Poland. I'm like, the talk is just like extra. Now it doesn't get to me because yeah. you know, I'm seasoned on the field now. I've been at it for five years out of college, but it's like, I don't know. Sometimes they don't approach it, um, you know, like a comp. Yeah. Unless it's like the world champs or something. But I'm like, you know, if you're overseas, 
you've flown 10 hours, you know, over the Atlantic Ocean, like you're, you're there for six hard throws, take six hard throws without the small talk is just yeah. kind of how I look at it. Yeah, you're already the, the irritable, funny, you know? Like. Right, right. <laughs> and the, the thing is like outside of comp, I'm for sure, we'll eat lunch together and we'll do everything, but like in the comp, like just no, no like extra weird stuff. The only yeah. exceptions is if we're doing like fan service, you want to blow kisses to the crowd and do cartwheels and yell and sign, that's all, that's fine. But like, in between competitors like you got to treat it like it's a comp right right so but yeah that, that's actually a thing that goes on I, I i don't like it that much i think some people do but yeah yeah i, I think it's kind of lame how's the how's like the camaraderie like because you obviously you got the guys from some poland and hungary that you're friends with and stuff like that or you're cordial with whatever you know i don't know the, the extent of the relationships but <laughs> when you guys are out there and stuff like that like How's that? How's that? Because I mean, when I go to weightlifting comps, there's the people that are there that are like, fr- like f off. I don't want to talk to you. Don't even look in my direction. Like, you know. But then there's the other people that are like, you know them, and they're like, let's go get it. Give you a slap on the ass, hit on the shoulder, like go, let's get it. Like beat my ass, let's go. Like, do you guys have oh, that too? Yeah, like, absolutely. Camaraderie wise, yeah. Um, I mean, we we're there in um, both countries with Tom Walsh. Tom Walsh is one of the best in the world. Um, he's throwing seventy five feet, you know, and um, we, you know, we just we talk just you know we're, we're friends i'd say um and then even in the comp like i cheer him on he cheer me on stuff like that um josh awatunde was out there um, from the u.s and you know we didn't really interact much in college but he came from usc he's a national champion in the shot put and then just that week you know we're, we're good buddies so things like that and it's through the competition um so when it's on topic that's great you know slap on the back come on chuck chat i ass. that kind of thing that's perfectly fine i love yeah. that um just nothing off topic yeah, <laughs> you know yeah. what i mean but like, especially when you're yeah, trying to dial as, it in right but yeah. as far as like let's get these throws or let's get the crowd what they want oh yeah i'm i'm all for that and then we do have that even okay. with the guys that don't speak english they, yeah <laughs> they, they just know the vibe that. yeah yeah so it's that part of it's really cool okay yeah all right so Tokyo, Japan. Is it, this isn't your first time going out there, is it? That's my first time. Yeah. What are the plans, man? I mean, besides you know, besides the Olympics, it's awesome. You guys are gonna have cool. Olympic Village. You're gonna have, you know, all these awesome things. But I mean, you're going to, I mean, the center of everything that we love. You know what I mean? Like. Well, that- here's the thing. Here's the thing. Bad news. We're What's not it? allowed to do anything. No, oh, of course, yeah. of course, <laughs> you're not. Weird. Because of the freaking virus. Uh, we can't weave out. We can't go out and walk. You know, we can't see anything. Can't do anything. I got so many landmarks, suggestions and stuff. I don't even look at them because I know for a fact I can't do anything. Yeah. They tell us, they're like, as soon as you get off the airplane, you know, once you're in Japan, stay in your lane. Literally stay in your lane. As in, don't go to any stores. Don't buy a toothbrush. Don't don't buy anything. Come with what you need. Wow. And you, you go straight to the gate for your airplane. Uh, I'm not making this up. When you get there, you're going to have two apps on your phone. Um, one is tracking your health information. I hope I'm saying this correctly. One's tracking your health information. Um, another one is like basically um, you have to have your GPS on. And it's specifically for the Olympics, right? Or participants. That's the, the athletes and the staff. And they want to maintain um, social distancing as well as contact tracing. Okay. So... Basically, if somebody tests positive for the virus, they're in quarantine, and anyone else that the app picks up in that radius is in quarantine as well. So they tell you have a six-foot phone charger. That's a recommendation because if your phone dies, you're SOL. 
<laughs> so it's like it's like wow. prison. You can't do anything. What about post? Like, if you wanted to go out there and like the competition's done, Uh-oh. everything everything's done. Like, are you gonna stay out there for a couple of extra weeks, maybe, and just be like, don't need the app no more? You know what I mean? Like, well, Nick, you know, I'm glad you asked that because there's another <laughs> part of that story. They tell us as soon as your comp is over, you have 48 hours to leave. Right hand up to God. <laughs> yeah. And we don't, so we're, we're going to a camp. And the main reason for that is because we're not allowed to be in there for more than five days before your comp. So, and then five days before the comp, two days after the comp, you got to go. Wow. Yeah. So That's I don't know so... if this is the Olympics. I think this is like the, um, like the demo, <laughs> you know, like this is on the eShop and then you download it, see if you like it and then see if you'll come back in Paris. I don't, I don't. <laughs> so I don't get that because I know people that have gotten tickets and gone for vacation to Tokyo already. Like the fact that they're having this massive event, global massive event, that's a represent, like this is the world representative of everything that each country stands for at athletic ability, right? Like this is no that showing, right? Mm-hmm. And like, I get it. Like I do, right? Obviously I'm not in any way saying I don't, but I, I, yeah, I damn, get it. I Definitely. just, that's crazy. That's yeah, so unfortunate. It, it's a lot of stuff um, at the same time. That's kind of, it's kind of the perfect storm for, for something like this to happen. Cause I know you remember in 2020 when they were saying, um, if they have the Olympics, it's going to be an open event with spectators and it's going to symbolize a victory over COVID. Obviously that's out the window. So um, plans have changed and they only changed like a couple weeks ago. Yeah. And that's because the the situation in Japan is so bad. Um, I was hearing that it was like a whole thing about anti-vaxxers. I don't know how true that is or if it's not, but um, what I heard from a doctor um, just yesterday um, she has a colleague that's in Japan okay. and was saying that it's just supplies of the vaccine are so low. So like, you know, America has some like lead manufacturing going on like in state and Japan is just competing with, you know, with the global supply. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So they're, they're trying to tap into that. And they're just like, at this point, even though it's like, I'd say like a year and a half um, into COVID per se, um, there's only like 20% vaccination. And I think what they're doing now, um, they're just, it's preventative. Because mm-hmm. when you figure there's going to be about 15,000 athletes between the Olympics and Paralympics, not including support staff, what they don't want to do is have um, a mass, like, super spreader event. And it's not even about Tokyo, per se. It's about us going home. Right, right. So that's what they're worried about. Um, and I, I have mixed feelings. I think depending on the day, like, I... Sometimes I feel like they're doing too much. Sometimes I feel like we are taking a huge risk. Yeah, yeah. But here's the thing. Like we talked about earlier, and actually that doctor um, I talked to yesterday totally understands this. We're working for five, ten years. So if they tell us to run through fire, I do it twice. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm the guy that's wearing my mask. You know, I'm washing my hands. I'm this. I'm social distancing. Mm -hmm. But as far as the Olympics, uh, (laughs) worth it. Yeah. It's worth it, you know? And you're not, not there for vacation. Yeah, you're not there for right, vacation, right. right? Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. So I got two questions that I picked out of a bunch that 
some interesting questions. One of these I never even I never even thought of. I mean, like you know how you know there's elite clubs and training groups and stuff like that. So I wanted to know if you would ever consider joining one of these elite training groups, something like uh Ryan Whitting has and stuff like that. Um Hmm. That's interesting. You know, Ryan, uh I'm friendly with Ryan and um he actually reached out to me. The thing is, I'm pretty much um set in Indiana and he's over in Arizona. Right. So his group is called Desert High Performance. Buddies with all those guys. I went to um not went to school, but in high school competed with um Darrell Hill, one of the best um in America, one of the best in the world. Nick Scarvellis is part of it. Nick Ponzio is part of it. Also, um Scarvellis was an Olympian for Greece actually. 2016 and uh, Ponzio is as qualified for Italy. So all those guys are in that group. It's an elite group. Um, everyone is over 21 meters, just like a solid group. I'd like to do it, but geographically, yeah, that, that's a hard move. It's a long commute. A that's a long commute. Yeah. Yeah. So now what I would like to do though, is like, cause I had a comp in Arizona actually this past season. I'd like to go in and like do camps. And I think, yeah. I think Ryan's open to that. Um, so that'd be great. Just, you know, being around some high level guys and, you know, just 100%. that, that, that environment's great. I mean, cause that, cause that could even be something that could go both ways, right? Like they, they, they could even pick up and come out to Purdue if Purdue allows for, you know, you guys to be able to do stuff too, you know, and then back and forth the, too, you know, the thing is, you know, about that, I think it's a one way, uh, one way street because you're not going to trade Tempe, Arizona weather for oh, West no. Lafayette weather. You just, you, you just don't do that. No, I in mean, fact, I, I don't know about you, time. but I ain't throwing in negative 40. Let me tell you. I had to do, well, I had to throw in some 30 degree weather this Dude, past uh, bless you, lockdown. Bless you, my friend. I think the first time Ryan hit me up about that was, um, I think, 2018. And um, I was practicing in like April. It's supposed to be warm by then. And it was like 11 degrees. <laughs> so I, I put a video of myself throwing indoors. And uh, he's like, come to the dark side. And I'm like, I'm I'm so tempted right now to do that. <laughs> yeah. Even, even to be able to just like get out there for a couple of weeks at a time, like you said, like the camps yeah. and stuff like that, you know, that's mm -hmm. a completely different game. And now you know why yeah. a lot of guys go down South and out West, you know, like, absolutely. absolutely. I mean, you see that with, I mean, even football teams, I mean, not that, not to say that like Purdue football or, you know, uh, Wisconsin or any of those guys are at any, I mean, they're top tier. Right. But the ability yeah. to have, outdoor facilities at all times is a completely is, different game. You know, it, it's it really a huge is advantage, huge advantage. And we see it with throwing, we see it with sprints. Um, a lot of times, like the athletes that come from warmer areas to up North or, you know, Northeast, like they get injured mm -hmm. or they run slower and it takes them a, a period of a year or two years to get adjusted to the new climate. So that that's a, it's a great point, honestly. Like, yeah. There's there's a lot of athletic su success in the south and not west, and that's it's for that reason. I mean, there's people I know families that have like picked up and just left because their kid had one doctor or one coach was like, "This kid has potential, get them out of here," and literally picked up their whole lives and moved to a like a school that would take them and be like, "Make this kid a pro." It's crazy, yeah. you know. It's and, true. It's yeah, that's real talk. Yeah. yeah, and right now too, like I mean. It's crazy to see this. Like, I don't know if it was the same for you because, I mean, we're the same age. But remember growing up when we were still on the back end of, like, all of our parents being like, you got to do this sport and this sport and this sport and then, like, do as much as you can. And now it's like, mm -hmm. oh, you like baseball? Here's a personal coach. Here's a hitting coach. Here's a pitching coach. Here's a throwing coach. Here's a strength yeah. coach. Here's your AT. Here's a massage therapist. Like, it's like 
they just everything is so specific and it's just like mm. it's cool because we're getting yeah. like the art of sport you know. is yeah. completely changing because these kids are doing things from zero you know what i mean mm -hmm. like it's crazy but i don't know man it's i don't know about you but my, my bank account can't afford that so yeah, <laughs> right 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 that i don't think that's uh that's a worthwhile investment yeah honestly Just, yeah hey if they, if they pick it up and run you support it but i don't 100 yeah yeah I, I agree with you on that definitely yeah. so what weightlifting movement has improved your shot the most do you think it's two um clean high pull and um that's and you've seen me do that but like you basically pull from position one or two and you just get it up to your chest to where you would do a hand clean, but you don't do the clean part of it. Um, I love those. And sometimes I go super heavy. Sometimes I go for speed. Um, once in a while, I'll put a tendo on it and see mm -hmm. how fast the bar is moving. But um, I, yeah, I mean, that's as close to a total body movement as possible. Um, you know, your arms aren't really doing that much work, but you do have to, you know, continue the acceleration upwards. Your legs are most of it, triple extension, ankles, knees, hips, back, your traps are involved in it, core stability. So clean high pull. I feel like if, if anybody can pull really heavy and pull, move that bar for a long range, you have some athletic ability. Like there's no way you'll be, um, you know, a good clean puller per se or and, and not a good athlete or not a good strength athlete. The other one is behind the neck push press. Um, I started doing jerks recently, though, and I think those are beneficial. But just bullying, uh, you know, turning kilos above your head, you know, mm -hmm. extend those hips and then continue with the the shoulder press part of it. I think that's um, very <laughs> transferable to shot put. <laughs> you said two hundred kilos, like so casual. I fucking love it. I might have that on my Instagram. Uh, you'd hunt, you got to. If you don't, send it. Yeah, I think I do. Or I'll, I'll just go do it real quick and then record it. And yeah, put it keep the shirt on. Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> But um, yeah, I'll, I'll work out in this. I, I guarantee it. But um, yeah, those are the two movements. So I like behind that push press. Um, and my best is two twenty five, and um, but I've also gone high volume with high weight, like mm -hmm. one eighty for a set of five, mm -hmm. and with no no blocks or boxes or anything. I just like I literally just do a negative, and then go into the next one. Stud. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, those two because Purdue didn't have boxes. Uh, so no secret there but yeah those are the cool lifts that uh that are the best for for my throwing okay all right um to go off of that what would you think for and this is a really hard question uh the question is kind of like don't know where to go like they're in a position where they don't have uh, a coach and they don't have a place to really train or a support system where they can do that. So they're going to end up having to go to either a CrossFit gym or a weightlifting club or something like that. And like programming for themselves, how would you suggest to kind of organize that out? Right. Cause I mean, it's tough when you're doing something that's so skill-based like throwing where there's a lot of training that is specific to that. And you have to spend a good amount of time doing that. And obviously the weight room is supplementary to that. So mm. they're going to be at different times with a good amount of break in between for recovery purposes and all those kinds of things. But like, yeah. how would you suggest to structure training where when it comes to, you know, weight room throwing someone that's kind of on their own now? Yeah. Um, and it depends on their, um, 
their skill level, their mm-hmm. age. So if I'm talking to a young kid, so I even I do some per, uh, personal coaching right now. And if I'm talking to a young kid, I only care about what's going on in the ring for now. Because like, you know, I'm working with a couple 13 year olds and to be honest, they're not as anabolic as they're going to be in the next three, four years, you know? So mm-hmm. if anything, stay safe and focus on the movements because things like turning that foot are very unnatural. So get used to those movements, get used to the fundamentals, how to hold the ball, how to lead and extend with the hip, as opposed to leading with the upper body, stuff like that. Um, I think the fundamental movements, the movement patterns, um, those are what you ingrain in a young athlete. And if they want to lift, they can go lift. If I'm talking to a high schooler, that's when they're, you know, they're throwing the 12 pound ball instead of the eight pound ball. It's a little bit more strength and conditioning um, reliant at that point. Yeah, then they need a at least a basic program, you know, get the big three, bench press, deadlift, squat, lift at least a couple times a week, three times a week. And um, I would also at that age, keep them away from max movements. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, don't don't do a one rep max in the squat. It's too dangerous. Um, your form will probably break down because chances are you haven't been doing it for five, 10 years. So things like that, just keep it at some you know decent rep ranges. Five by five is easy to start with. Especially um, if you're so, by yourself. I'm just going to chime in right. as a coach there too, right? Like he's not Absolutely. saying like hey, there's not a place for it. It's just the fact that you don't have somebody there that can truly be like, that's a max, move the fuck on. Like there's a very exactly. different mindset when you're training by yourself because, I mean, if you're training for throwing, you got to remember that's where you're going for. So I didn't mean to cut exactly. you off, but. No, but uh, great. Exactly. Great point. Safety first. Um, so you have to you have to know why you're in the weight room in the first place. So, yeah, we can keep it simple, but, you know, keep just tap into their athletic ability, keep them safe and keep them progressing. And then if you're talking about a college athlete, that's where it gets tricky. Now you're throwing the 16 pound ball. Um, you have to have a good program at this point. So um, my advice would be to reach out to somebody, reach out to a coach, um, you know, maybe fork over those few dollars, uh, pay for a program because it's one of those um, it's kind of a niche sport where you, you, you kind of can't just skate by mm-hmm. and um, just, you know, if anything, watch some videos, there's tons of tutorials, there's tons of material on social media and um, get at least a decent program because, you know, throwing a two kilo discus or a 16 pound hammer or an 800 gram javelin is like, it, it's not something you can just kind of wing. Yeah. Mm. Trust me. Such I've, a tried. Weird <laughs> I've tried. <laughs> I've tried. Disc. I, I still can't figure out discus. If I can originate it in my country, still have no idea how it works. I've never been able to do it, man. Never, no idea. That's a completely different animal. That's why I don't do it. It's too hard. You ever <laughs> think, throw the shot for it. You ever think about going back to hammer at all? Like in comp? Oh yeah, I do. I do think about it. I I know I can't because um, the level of talent you have to have these days, like you have to be really, really good at one mm. or the other. Back in the day, you could, you know, maybe get paid twice. You go to, mm-hmm. you know, do two events in one um, track meet. And that's how a lot of guys made money. There was a lot of, like, shot put discus guys. But people are throwing so far these days. Like, you kind of can't hack it. So I can't be, like, a 20-meter guy throwing 70. Mm-hmm. I have to be in a, in a hammer. I have to be 21, 22 in a shot put. Or, you know, 75, 80 in a hammer. Right. There's like, there's no juggling anymore. So, right. But I do think it looks fun. So like, I, I think about it all the time. Like 
I wouldn't throw a 16 pound because it's too hard on the body. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'd probably throw like a 13, like what they throw like a under 20. Okay. That's a yeah, like a six kilo, and just yeah, give it a whirl. But I wouldn't do that right now. Like I think as soon as the games is over, like I might just go out and throw a little bit of hammer just for fun. Just mess around. A I think bit. I can still get it over 70 meters. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. It's funny, man. I was looking at a um. I was Googling you for some reason. I forget what I was looking up for you, but I was looking at some stuff and there was, they always had the same like six pictures of you, right? Where it's like you with the hammer in high school like this and you're like so much leaner and like your Mm -hmm. mass is so like, I don't even know. I don't know what you weighed on during that, that time compared to now, but that photo. And then it's you like that looking over you know what i'm talking about right and it's yeah. those two and i'm like man if people looked at the, just those two photos they'd be like what the fuck happened to this dude right like <laughs> it's crazy because that's what you you when you got to purdue you were still pretty pretty lean yeah, was, right you were on the smaller side comparatively right yeah 220 yeah 220 that's yeah. you were you were you were carrying 220 well my friend that was yeah. what are you now 280 280 are you really yeah yeah that's what i I got to 280 in uh, 2018 and just stayed there. Yeah, you were happy with it. You were happy with that. Way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh yeah, man. Right. Anything else? Anything else you want to talk about? Bring up? Let people know information about the Olympics. When? When can people like kind of? I mean, if you don't know, and it's easy to look up, it's the Olympics. But when are you throwing? When? When's your time slot? When can people see you? All that kind of stuff. The specific time I haven't seen. Um, really kind of doesn't matter because japan is 13 hours ahead anyway right so like what i what i say would be different than what you guys would see over here so but i my prelim day is on august 3rd and then the finals is uh august 5th okay all right and how are how is there any way for people to support you and be able to get you you know anything i know Velasa has the shirts going i don't know how long that's happening and stuff like that Mm -hmm. so and then also um I have another shirt that my girlfriend and um, some of her hometown people are putting together. Okay. Um, it's not on my Instagram because I, I kind of can't advertise stuff uh, during this period. Okay. But um, it's on her Instagram. Um, what's her Instagram? I think it's my name's Chelsea. Okay. It's my name, S-C-H-E-L-S-I-E-M-E-E-K-S. Okay. Um, and you can see that design or, um, I think it's shared on my Facebook as well. So you can go and see that and, um, just buy a shirt. I get a few dollars from the, um, from the proceeds to support my Olympic journey, right? which is here. <laughs> it's it, baby. It's it. A couple of weeks yeah. away, man. Listen, super stoked for you. Super, super happy for you. And I'm, man, I can't wait to watch this and see where you go with this. Cause I still think this is just the beginning, man. I know you said 28, maybe another one, but. The way you're moving and the so. way you always move, especially with the recovery on the up. Yeah. We're going to see some shit, baby. We're going to see some shit. So. I hope so. I hope so. All right, yeah. man. I'm excited. Should be. You should be. And so are we. So appreciate yeah. you so much for coming. Everybody go check out the shirts. Velasa has some shirts up there as well. I've already gotten yep. a couple. Go appreciate help him it. out. Send him some stuff. Send him some love. And get some... Eyes, they can find you at I am Ch- I'm Chuck. Is that what it was? Is no, it? Uh, the Chuck says. The Chuck so says. T-H- yes, sir. You think I'd know that by now, like 100%. The amount of time I talk to you on there. Well, you should. Yeah, I'm, you know, I'm editing this out. That's it. <laughs> 
But yeah, the Chuck says T H E C H U K S A Y S. That's the same on uh, Instagram, and I have a TikTok now. Um, oh. I don't love TikTok, but uh, I, I feel like I need one. Yeah, right. And uh, same as uh, yeah, Twitter. So. All right, cool. Go check him out. Give him the follows. Give him the love. Chuck, appreciate, appreciate you it. so so much. Hopefully, we can get you back on after, and we'll get a full review of your full yeah. experience. That'd be awesome, man. I'd love to. All right, man. Yeah. Appreciate you. you. Absolutely. Anytime. Yeah. See you guys. Be healthy. Stay healthy. Keep lifting each other. And we'll see you guys next time. Yeah.